Welcome to KathleenWitten.org. We believe that Kathleen's message will inspire you, encourage you, and give you a fresh perspective on life. Now, here's Kathleen. How do you obtain it? It's, it's the same way that you honestly would obtain rubies and silver and gold, and that is that you spend, you spend time in the Word of God. You give all that you have to it and for it. And not that everyone in the world can buy rubies and gold. That's not what I mean. I mean that you look at it as more precious than any piece of jewelry you've ever seen. Um, Some people will spend um, days, weeks, and we've talked about this before, but, you know, shopping for a certain dress, which is like not a sin. There's no Bible scripture that says thou shalt not shop longer than a week for a bridesmaid's dress, you know, but, 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 you know, how much time do we spend looking through the word for that which fits what we need, um, which is so much more important and so much more valuable Proverbs 8, 14. Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. So what we're talking about today, actually, that that God started showing me and now showing us is, is wisdom and instruction from him is more precious than anything. And he keeps talking about wisdom. These Proverbs keep talking about wisdom. And then he says, counsel is mine, sound wisdom. I am understanding. It's not that God understands. He said, I am understanding. You know, I was telling Elizabeth something this morning about like something really horrible that happened and then something really good that happened and they're not even connected. And, you know, how that's so life in it and this fallen world and how sometimes we try to understand and it's good for me to be able to say, God, I'm little and you're big and you are understanding and I can't understand. I mean, to know that Proverbs eight fourteen says that God is understanding and he has strength. And I want to just... Think about, you know, when we're looking at wisdom and Proverbs, um, who, who is wisdom? Because all of a sudden, wisdom becomes a person that's a spirit, part of the Trinity. So, counsel is mine, sound wisdom, I am understanding, I have strength. Listen to Isaiah 9, 6, talking about the Savior. And his name will be the Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. In 1 Corinthians 1.24, Christ, the power of God and the wisdom of God. Christ is the wisdom of God and the power of God. That's why when we pray, we pray in Jesus' name, that's the most powerful name that we can use. That in, in, no matter what situation that I've been in, and I promise you I've been in some different various situations just as you have but Jesus name and the blood of Jesus is the most powerful thing that you can use and that you can say over your children over your family at the end of a prayer that is so powerful and here we go Proverbs eight seventeen is describing again who is wisdom 
I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently will find me. Jeremiah 29:13 says, "And you will seek me and find me when you search with me, search for me with all your heart. You will seek me and find me when you search for me with all your heart." Not me is capitalized. And I'm just amazed at, I, I heard um, several years ago even, I, maybe, maybe a year ago, but um, a missionary at church was talking about um, how he, and he is of Arabic origin or however you want to say it, uh, I think he's from the country that he's ministering to, but he's not allowed to say where. And he said, I'm not, it's a Muslim country. And he's not allowed to say where for his own safety and his family's safety. And um, because he's telling them about the Lord. And he said, all we do is we just live in our house. And he said, I'm not doing any work. He said, you have to understand that people are coming to me and saying, okay, I had a vision of Jesus, this Jesus, who is this Jesus that God has showed me as God. He said, you don't understand how many people come to my door and have that vision. See, God says if we seek truth, we'll find him. If we're really seeking truth, we'll find truth. And, it, and he loves people from all over the world. He doesn't love us more just because we have more access to the Bible. Frankly, we're just more accountable. But those who are seeking God, those who are seeking truth, will find him. I think about also in, in telling you all about the people that um, I met, that I prayed with in, in rehab, and how many of them were just... They came to me and said, what's the light? What's the light shining in you? Because I'm seeking truth. I'm seeking truth, and I want to find it. And um, basically, not necessarily always in those words. I know that I told you there was a lot of, like, really flavorful words that were used that um, really are not appropriate. But um, anyway, it doesn't matter. God looks at your heart. God looks at your heart. So here we go. More about wisdom. Proverbs 8.22. The Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way. And yeah, I don't think I've ever read that before or even thought about it. Like if, if I'm reading Proverbs and it says the Lord possessed me at the beginning of his way before his works of old, I have been established, set from everlasting, from beginning before there was ever an earth or the primal dust of the world. Who's he talking about? I mean, who was there with God from the beginning? You know? Sometimes we think, well, this is just kind of strange because here we are with the Old Testament and we've got all these laws and we've got all these prophets and we've got all these people and we've got all these kings and then you flip over to the New Testament and you start with Matthew and Jesus just whoop, pops up and where did he come from you know he's prophesied all through the old testament but not only that god says he was with him from the beginning of the world even it says that god elohim 
created the world, and we've talked about how that is actually a plural Hebrew word. I have a really good friend in Israel, and she interprets a lot of scrolls, and she's extremely orthodox um, Jewish, and I admire her so much. And I've emailed her even and said, I don't understand how in God creating the world in what the book that we call Genesis, it's a plural word. And she said, you know, rabbis have argued about that for years. She said, some say that it's God and the angels, and some say that it's um, just you know, God, because he is so powerful and, and it's just, that's a huge dispute. But for me, I look at it and I say, it, all of this is threading together. That Jesus was with God in the beginning and the Holy Spirit and that God is a plural word because he's three in one. He's three in one. It's interesting to me that when I look at that word, um, has been established proverbs eight twenty three. i have been established that hebrew word is anoint i have been anointed and set from everlasting from the beginning before there was an earth or the primal dust of the world and i even have to look back and say from the beginning and think what is that <laughs> i mean this is so beyond our understanding and yet it's such an affirmation of our God who's so big. And we can't grasp the beginning, nor can we grasp the everlasting. You know? Because every here, everything on earth here has a beginning and an end. And it's, it's, a, it's difficult. Um, it's it's a, kind of a silly thing, but um, I'm one of those people that thinks that if I buy a pair of shoes or whatever, I can keep them up and make them last forever. And, and, and I have shoes from high school that I wear. I have clothes from high school that I wear. I have hand-me-downs from people from, you know, that they'll say, gosh, this is 20 years old, or this, my grandmother wore this, or whatever. And, you know, sometimes I'll get things out of storage that I have um, just taken such good care of, and the leather has, like, deteriorated, you know? And I realize on this earth, no matter how much you take care of something, everything is in a fallen state. Everything is coming to an end. But Christians, instead of being sad about that or in despair about that, we have everlasting peace and glory with Jesus Christ to look forward to. Not because of our own goodness or righteousness, but because of the love of God. And how he sent his son from the beginning, before the creation of the world. And so here we go to Proverbs 8.27. When he prepared the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep. Proverbs 8.29. When he marked out the foundations of the earth. Proverbs 8.30. Then I was beside him as a master craftsman. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. That's so interesting, you know, because it says in the King James Version in Proverbs 8.30, Then I was by him as one brought up with him. And I was daily his delight, rejoicing always before him. And... It's just, it's, it's, it's incredible because 
if you think about it, going back to being brought up with God and being God's son and, and having that understanding of the father and the son, it also amazes me that Proverbs 8.30 says that Jesus here, wisdom, who's been there from the foundation of the world, that we should seek above rubies and gold and silver. Wisdom, who is Jesus Christ, because that's what the scriptures are telling us. Wisdom is not just some ungraspable you know, thing that some people have a lot of. It is the more Jesus you have. But I love the way it says that I was beside him as a master craftsman. A master craftsman creating the world. Jesus helping to create the world. And then Jesus as a man coming to this earth. And what was his occupation? He was a carpenter. He was a carpenter. He was a master craftsman. And God, you know, that's not like, oh, how interesting. God just accidentally did that. No, all of this was planned for us to be able to see truth because doubt leaks in like all day long. And and everything we see and everything we hear and most of the things that we're around aren't affirming the truth. And yet we have to see this, this master craftsman who's Jesus Christ that's described in the Old Testament coming into the New Testament as the carpenter. Proverbs 8.31, rejoicing in his inhabited world, and my delight was with the sons of men. That's us. Jesus' delight was with us. And it says in Proverbs 8.32, Now therefore listen to me, my children, for blessed are those who keep my ways. Wow. I mean, we understand that with our kids. It's like, you know what? You'll have more privileges and more things that you'll be able to do the more you follow the rules. The less you follow the rules and the less I can trust you, then I can't trust you. God is the same way with us. And he says, blessed, blessed, blessed are those who keep my ways. Proverbs 8.35, for whoever finds me. Now, remember, we're talking about wisdom. Whoever finds me, remember we're talking about Jesus. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. Favor from the Lord. You know, I don't understand a lot of things. I really don't. I mean, as I walked up the hill and um, that I was describing earlier, um, I got back and something happened. I mean, you all know. I've had so many back surgeries and I'm, I'm fused except for my neck. You all know that. Not everybody that's listening to this podcast knows that. Um, so my hips take a, all the brunt of, of, of walking because I'm fused down to the tailbone. And I have lots and lots of metal and rods and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. It can't bend. And so I had such a great time, you know, walking up this hill and getting this beautiful view of the countryside with my brothers and sisters-in-law and then walking back down. And then it's like something set off a nerve and my hip went out of place. And um, I was in severe, severe pain 
for the rest of the day and into the night, I couldn't go to sleep, you know, horrible, horrible pain. And you have to think, and, and of course I was like, God, stop this pain, you know, but it didn't stop and he could have stopped it. See, I don't need to understand because he is understanding. And there are going to be times that we're going to suffer and we're not going to understand. And it is so much easier to suffer as a little child than it is to try to figure it all out. I used eyes. I used heat. I used everything you could think of. Um, I came home. I did the old, like, mom trick, which is make yourself so busy even though you're in so much pain you can't stand it. Because nerve pain especially when it's shooting down your leg and up your back. It's like having a migraine in your whole body. And when you have a migraine, it's not like you can go to bed and go to sleep. It's not like, oh, go lay down and you'll feel better. Well, you go lay down and and you're just throbbing. And so in the midst of all this, though, in following the Lord, it says we have favor. In following the Lord, we have favor. Well, God, that didn't feel like favor. But I opened an envelope because I thought it was just um, an envelope about a a college that Maddie is going to go look at. And I opened an envelope, and um, it said that Maddie was accepted to this college. She had been fast-tracked, didn't even have to send her essay. Now, this is a college that she may or may not attend, but... I've been praying for favor for her. I've been praying for her to get into this college. And along with this admission has come a $36,000 scholarship that she did not apply for. Favor from God. You know, sometimes Lacey and I've cried out and said, you know, we have spent so much money on medical things, on leukemia, on, on these horrible back surgeries, on botched back surgeries. All of you, all of us have had things that we just feel like have been stolen from us. But we can trust God that he does restore. And he does it in different ways than we could ever expect. You know, it's like. I wanted so much to, to have a salary from the ministry because I wanted to be able to like buy my own clothes without Lacey having any comments whatsoever about what I bought and where I bought. And I'm really cheap. I mean, my mom will tell you, she's like, please quit, quit telling people you got that at Walmart. I'll say, but I did. She'll say, oh, if you say Target one more time, I just can't stand it. She said, you don't need to tell everybody that your shoes were $20.99 or that your shirt was $1.99 or that someone... But what's been such a blessing to me is that even though God didn't answer my prayers in that area, I seem to get people's best hand-me-downs, like things I could never have bought myself. See, God does things differently than we would have thought. Woke up this morning without nerve pain and and kind of in shock of this this, um, letter. Why, Why would they give her a scholarship she didn't apply for and... And give her entrance to a college fast-tracked without her essay. This favor of God. This is a really great, highly ranked college. And she's not in the top 7% or the top 10%. 
I don't even know what top. I, I don't even, I wouldn't even be able to say. I would say there would be a lot of kids that would have her same average. God is good. And he does things like that in your life. Open your eyes. Open your eyes to the things that he's done. That you just thought, wow, what great circumstances. Or this just happened. Or, you know, it's amazing. I met my husband because blah, blah, blah. Really? I mean, really? Because God is so good. And he is understanding. And then there's those things like that nerve pain and things in your life, relational pain and things in your life, financial pain and things in your life, pain that you don't understand and you pray for to go away. And I have gotten to that point where I'm like, oh, it's so cool in Proverbs to say, well, God is understanding. He doesn't just understand. He is understanding. And so I'm just his kid. And I'm going to make it through the suffering. I am going to make it through. Some other scriptures I found about how the prophets of old um, suffered and how we need to have endurance and, and, and through suffering in, in many ways because so many messages of Christianity are if you receive God and receive the Holy Spirit, then you'll never have to suffer again. You'll just say a prayer and and... That scorpion will disappear. <laughs> we saw some scorpions on the front porch at the ranch, you know. But we've got scorpions in our lives that we're like, ouch, you know. Or it's worse when it happens to one of our children. Or when someone passes away and we don't understand. God says he is understanding. And can we just trust him? Can we just trust him? I used to feel like a faith failure because I've prayed so many years. Probably, I mean, I'm almost 45. And then I've had this pain since around 11, let's say. So, you know, all those years for my pain to go away because chronic pain is is not any fun. (laughs) You can't say, oh, sure, I'll be there at that luncheon, because you don't know. You can't say, you know, sure, I'll do. I mean, and then most of the things I do, I have to push through the pain or I would never do them. Pain on my wedding day. Pain on my honeymoon. You know, thinking, God, this is not fair and I don't understand. And I love now to be able to say at almost age 45, you are understanding. And I can just trust you to get through this. Sometimes you just have to go through it. I'd rather go around it, over it, swing by it, fly over it. And God sometimes makes us go through something. Not necessarily that the bad things are from him because they're not. They're from the fall. They're from Satan. They're from evil. They're from evil seeping into the perfect earth that he had created. But... Why does he not just deliver us from them all? And he says here, he rejoices in the sons of men. Blessed are those who keep my ways. And we read that. Proverbs 8.35 says, whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. And we need to remember that, just like the story that I just told. And Proverbs 8.36 is so powerful to me because it says... But he who sins against me 
wrongs his own soul. And I'm not talking about like we all have to be perfect, et cetera, et cetera. But there are things that the Holy Spirit is going to tell you don't do or do do. And when you know you've sinned against God, you've wronged your own soul. In other words, you have conflict within yourself. I'd never thought of it that way. I've always thought of it as like, Lord, you know, forgive me because I've wronged you. Well, I've wronged me too. I've wronged my own soul. I've wronged the whole body of Christ, actually. Because we're all connected in what we decide to do and not do and listen to God or not listen to God is incredible. It's incredible how God will call you to do something and you don't want to do it, but you do it because you know he called you to do it and then you see why. You know? Kind of like doing this Bible study this year. No, God, I really, really hurt. I have a senior. You know, I've taught Bible study for years. It's not necessary, really. Yes, it is necessary. Absolutely necessary. And you're going to record for radio. And you're recording for a podcast. And really? I mean, I could have easily said, but I'm in pain. You could easily say, but I'm in pain. How can I go hug someone else and bring them a casserole or love them or console them when I'm the one that needs consoling. Whatever you need, sow. Because you reap what you sow. Think about that. Think about what you need today from God. What do you need today? Sow it. Sow it. Here we go. This is awesome. Proverbs 8.37 Um, what does this mean? Because it says in the second part of Proverbs 8.36, we read the part that he says, but he who sins against me, wisdom, Jesus, the word, okay, wrongs his own soul and all those who hate me, who hate Jesus, the word, the son of God, wisdom, love, death. Whoa. You hate Wisdom, you love death. What does that mean? What does that mean? And you think, I think about that. I mean, Romans 6, 23 says, for the wages of sin is death. Okay, so in other words, sin leads to death. That's why God doesn't want us to sin, because it leads to death. Even in a, in a small way, you know, talking about someone can lead to a death of a friendship. Um, not being a peacemaker, but being a provoker can lead to the death of a family being close. Um, doing something to your body that God has forewarned you not to do over and over and over can lead to disease and death. There, every sin leads to some sort of death, the end result, and yet every obedience leads to some sort of life. You know? When you sow something that is not of God, it will reap. It will come up as death, some sort of death. And it's not that God can't redeem that. It's just that we want to love wisdom and act on wisdom instead of loving sin. Because I'm going to read you something that's interesting here. Um, 
well, first of all, just to read all of Romans 6.23, it says, The wages of sin is death, but the free gift of God is eternal life in Jesus Christ our Lord. The free gift of God. In the Message Bible, I just got excited about this scripture, so I looked it up in like four different Bibles. So you got to hang on here. Work hard for sin your whole life and your pension is death. This is the Message Bible. But God's gift is real life, eternal life, delivered by Jesus our Master. The Amplified Bible says, For the wages which sin pays is death, but the bountiful free gift of God is eternal life through and union with Jesus Christ our Lord. You know what? We all sin and fall short of the glory of God. That's what the Bible says. We all do. But we get the free gift of eternal life. And then we have the minute-by-minute choice of doing what God wants us to do, doing what we know to do in wisdom, or doing what we want to do, and doing the opposite. You know, Um, I really appreciated a phone call from someone, but they... um, you know how sometimes someone will just unleash on you? <laughs> I mean, I have a friend that calls it barfing. Like somebody just barfed all over me. And, um, you know, what you, what, what you, that person just unleashed all of their fears and angers and blah, 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 blah. And maybe even it had something to do with you and you just have to sit there and listen and, and listen and it was like five hours later that this person called and said, you know, I'm sorry. Because it had to do with one of my children. And so when something has to do with one of your children, and you're the mom, the hackled hair on the back of your neck, like our Siberian Husky when he gets upset, goes bing and just sticks straight up. And so I had to just keep my mouth shut, which I've not always done my whole life. I'm not saying that I'm perfect. But in this case, I just kept my mouth shut. And then that person went back and sowed life by saying, I'm so sorry. And just seeing that wisdom working. That person studies the Bible. So that person knows you can curse or you can bless. And that person chose to basically curse. But then that person went back over to wisdom and blessed and God used it as life. And used it as such a great example to me to be able to say, it's fine, it's okay. It's all right. I forgive you. I didn't have to say what I used to say, which was, well, I forgive you, but what you said about is not true. And you were wrong about I didn't have to do that. I could be just like Jesus and say, you're forgiven. And now if you were to ask me, this happened days ago. If you were to ask me what this person said, I don't even remember. Why? Because I didn't go and tell anybody. I didn't go journal it. I didn't write it down. I didn't dwell on it. I just was gave it to God and said, you're understanding. I'm not. You are understanding and I'm not. The answer is that all of us that have fallen short of God's glory and have sinned is in 1 Peter 3.18. 
and in so many scriptures, but it says, For Christ also died for sins once for all, the just for the unjust. He was the just. We were the unjust. So that he might bring us to God, having been put to death in the flesh, but made alive in the spirit. Do you realize that we're inheriting what Christ should and would and is inheriting, but eternal life with God. We're inheriting that. And that he on the cross inherited what we should inherit. And that is all of our sins and all of the stuff that we've done against God. All of us. And some of us more, you know, kind of look at it on a scale of more or less this kind of thing. Especially in Christian communities, you kind of like, well, at least our family, you know, at least our kids aren't out just, so we're doing pretty good. We're not supposed to be comparing at all. I mean, I was just thinking about how somebody was complaining about how, a church service was running over a little bit and, and that somebody was in my family, but we will not name that person. And, 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 you know, here we are in church and I'm going, okay, shh, it's okay. It's running over. That's fine. There was no place we needed to be even. And this person was like, but it's supposed to end at 12. And I'm like, okay, it's fine. It's going to be fine. Let's just relax. Just go with it. Just go with it. And, you know, talking to Downey, who was a missionary in the Dominican Republic and in Africa, and she said people would walk for days to get to a meeting, to hear someone, and hear and listen to the word all night long and spend the night outside camping out and then walk days back to their house. And here we are going, oh, this is going over. What are we seeking We need to be seeking wisdom, seeking the Lord better than rubies, better than gold. To sum up, 1 Peter 3.8 says, All of you be harmonious, sympathetic, brotherly, kind-hearted, and humble in spirit, not returning evil for evil or insult for insult, but giving a blessing instead. For you were called for this very purpose that you might inherit a blessing. You are called for the purpose of giving a blessing, even when you're like, I don't understand. To inherit a blessing that you don't deserve, but that you will receive through Jesus Christ. First Peter 3.10 says, For the one who desires life and to love and see good days must keep his tongue from evil. Now, isn't that interesting? The tongue is the first thing named. And I'm so convicted on that. Because just having a situation in our family, and it's so easy for me to go to Lacey and just go, you know, instead of really thinking through how I can, or, or praying, how I can convey certain information without barfing all over him, you know. I'm just trying to be real with you. I have to use figurative speech because otherwise people are like that's not real i don't understand what you're talking about so here he is at the office you know about to see a client and his wife has just barfed all over him i mean that's not easy on him so then he comes home and he's mad at the kids and they're like what did we do and i'm like well you know i'm thinking back i kind of barfed all over your dad 
before he came home, you know. I, I mean, I'm just trying to be honest with you. Our tongue is so powerful. We can bless, we can curse, we can bless, we can curse. We can bless our lives, we can curse our lives. We can bless our children, we can curse our children. We can bless ourselves, we can curse ourselves. For he who desires life to love good days must keep his tongue from evil and his lips from speaking deceit. He must turn away from evil and do good. He must seek peace and pursue it. For the eyes of the Lord are towards the righteous and his ears attend to their prayers. But the face of the Lord is against those who do evil. First Peter 3.15 says, But sanctify Christ as Lord in your hearts and always be ready to give an answer to anyone who asks you to give an account for the hope that's in you. So we should so be reflecting the hope that's in us, even if we have really difficult circumstances, that people come up and say, Okay, tell me why you're so hopeful. And then we need to be ready to give an account and not be embarrassed. And not try to be politically correct, but to be truthful and say, because I know that even though I'm very human to mess up and and everything, I know that God's son, who was there from the beginning of the world, he actually died for me. (laughs) And I'm going to live forever with him. And I can pray and have favor, and I can pray and I have answers, and I can pray and not understand, and it's okay. Because my God is understanding. First Peter three sixteen says, And keep a good conscience, so that in the in the thing in which you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ will be put to shame. Isn't that interesting? We we tell that to our children, you know, just keep doing being yourself, don't go down to a lower level. Um, I was even talking to um, an adult, since I life, I life coach, and this adult was talking about um, a situation with uh, a child, a high school child, and, and a coach. Well, you know, I mean, come on. There's always something wacky going on with some sports and coaches and different things. And I'm not saying coaches are missing brain cells or anything like that because I know great coaches. But I also know some that you're just like, what planet are you from? And she was describing some things that had happened and taken place and getting so upset. And finally, I just looked at her and I said, I am so proud of you for not going down to that other mother's level and making something happen for your child. I'm so proud of you for holding your head up and for Just smiling through the game. She said, no, 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 I want to cry. And I said, no, no, smile. I said, because your daughter's watching you. See, sometimes we have to just keep doing what's right so that even if someone slanders us or whatever, other people will say, no, that's not. I don't even believe that because I know that person's character. I love that. And then here's this great verse. (laughs) Super great. For it's better if God should will it so that you suffer for doing what is right rather than doing what is wrong. So pick your suffer. You know what I'm saying? It's like I'm going to suffer if I do bad and I'm going to suffer if I do good. Even if it, even if it's, you know, I gave some examples I, I wrote down. Even if it's earth stuff like 
if you deny an addiction, you're going to suffer. You're going to suffer. If you deny opening your mouth and, and blasting someone, you're going to suffer. You're going to have that inside you that sometimes you have to just do what you got to do to not do what you want to do. If, if you forgive someone that's deeply wronged you, you suffer. But you can suffer for doing good and do good or you can suffer and do bad. And so I've decided on this life, you know, if loving the unlovable is suffering, I can suffer for not loving them and suffer. Because, you know, the more that you talk about how someone aggravates you or what they've done against you or whatever, the more you suffer because the more you're just bogged down in that situation. Or I can love the unlovable and that's kind of suffering. Because for me, sometimes you just want to hang up the darn phone. You know, somebody that's very acting unlovable in some way, you just want to say, are you kidding me? I cannot talk with you anymore. You're driving me crazy. I mean, it is what you might want to say, but what God says is, you know, maybe you say, hey, can we pray together right now? Um, or whatever. Even if the person goes, no, I got to go, then you might be like, hallelujah. <laughs> you know, that is the way to get off the phone with them. Prayer has been answered, prayer has been answered without even the prayer. <laughs> suffer for doing good, suffer for doing bad. But we want to know that Jesus is wisdom. He's been here since the beginning of the world. He loves us. He wants us to seek him. The more we know him, the more we will have joy, the more we will have the answers of God and the favor of God. And the biggest thing that God's been teaching me lately through this Proverbs is I am understanding. And I love that because there's so much about this earth that I don't understand. And in life coaching people who've gone through horrific Horrible, torturous, terrible, I can't even repeat stuff. I don't understand that. Why did God allow that? I don't understand. It's not that he created it because God never has evil. It says that God, every good gift is from God and he doesn't change. The evil does not come from him. But I've got to like right now today through this wisdom the wisdom that I've obtained is be able to say, God, you are understanding and I don't need to understand. But I do know you're going to get me through everything. I know you will. I know you will because you're faithful. And then there's, there's little surprises along the way where you think, how in the world did this happen? Or there's those little words from the Holy Spirit that you think, how did he just tell me this? This is exactly what I wanted to hear or needed to hear but didn't know, you know? That's what I love about reading the Word and walking down the road that's always changing. It's alive. Go to livingjesus.us to hear the rest of Kathleen's message and hundreds more at no cost. Thousands of people in 40 countries download Kathleen's scripture-filled, Jesus-inspired, real-life messages at an increasing rate. Jesus said, freely you received, 
freely give. Matthew 10.8. If you are able, financially join us in reaching the world for Jesus. Go to livingjesus.us and freely give so that those who could never pay will continue to freely receive. 